Seriously? We're going to do this one? Okay. On this episode of Moving Panels, we discuss X-Men Origins Wolverine. Welcome to Moving Panels, the podcast where we discuss movies and TV shows that are based on, inspired by, and adapted from the world of comic books. I'm your host, Laramie Wells, and joining me today is the man who forced us to watch this movie. <laughs> it's Blake Fowler. We're going to have a great time, bub. Okay? Are we? Are be, we? It's going to be fantastic. Just, Are we? Just sit back, relax, and let the dulcet sounds of the southern twang take you away. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're going to do it. We're doing X-Men Origins Wolverine. Uh, <laughs> you, sound like, you sound like we're skydiving without a parachute. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's about how it feels <laughs> when you watch this movie. <laughs> and I think we've referred to this movie in previous episodes as... The one that shall not be named. So <laughs> the Lord Voldemort of, yeah. of superhero movies. Uh, but yeah, it had to be done sooner or later. <laughs> so here we are. Oh god. Okay. <laughs> here we are. Let's okay. get to it. <clears throat> so following on the heels of the wonderful 2006 X Men: The Last Stand. <laughs> Class. I can't even keep it together. <laughs> Fox decided to. Move away from the X-Men as a team and focus on individual characters. <laughs> oh, and how, how that succeeded. Oh, what a what a great job focusing. <laughs> so the plan was to do a Wolverine movie and a Magneto movie. Now, I actually do remember that. I, I remember them right. yep. announcing this and, Big oh, they're going to do a, yeah, they're going to do a Wolverine movie, which I was excited about because Hugh Jackman was just, you know, Huge as this character, mm-hmm. in both, theory. Figurative, both figuratively and literally, because he's a six foot one dude playing a five foot two character. <laughs> Didn't make any sense, um, but we loved it anyways, yeah. and still do. Yeah, and then of course Magneto, um, which was going to be real interesting because if you're going to do an origin story, then it wasn't obviously going to be Ian Mc- McClellan. Right. Got to find a younger character. actor. Yeah, yeah. So it was going to be very curious to see what would happen there. For this origins movie, uh, they put the screenplay in the hands of writer David Benoff. Oh, yeah, the, the script's Benoff for sure. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, let, let's look at his track record. And, and I want to know how many of these movies you've seen and what your thoughts are. Let's do it. So this is the same guy who wrote The 25th Hour, the Edward Norton film. Oh, God, that doesn't even make make logical sense. Can you have 25 hours in a day? Well, have you ever seen The 25th no, Hour? No, I, I can't say that okay. I have. No. Have you? I've seen it. Okay. I have. Yeah. I have seen it, and that's all I can tell you oh, about it. Oh, sweet. Awesome. He was also the writer of Troy. Okay, so let me go ahead and, and be as transparent as I can. That is, if nothing else, a guilty pleasure film for me. Really? I actually like Troy. I'm a big Brad Pitt fan, first of all, for everybody. I'm a big Brad Pitt fan, and I like mythology, so that's kind of a, a niche movie for me. Maybe, again, even, a little bit of a guilty pleasure, but I like it. It's okay. Even though they kind of slap mythology across the they face do, with that They movie? do, but they're trying to appeal to the masses. Like, they, they're trying to make it edible for everyone, so to speak. So, I, I get that. I'm not proud of it, Laramie. I'm not proud to be announcing this here. All right, now what about this one? Brothers. That was weird. That was a weird one. I, I don't know that I really liked that one. But can't we point out the fact that this guy has a track record with superhero actors? Yeah, Tobey Maguire, Jake Gyllenhaal, both in Brothers. Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. And then Edward Norton. Troy. Eric Bana. Hold on. 
And if you remember the cameo in Deadpool 2, Brad Pitt, technically superhero. There you go. Okay. Yep. There it yep. is. What a guy. So, yeah, too bad he can't make a good one. Yikes. Yeah, we're just gonna we're we're just showing our cards on this one. I was gonna say we're kind of jumping the shark on the end yeah, here. I don't think we have to worry about a final decision on this one. <laughs> However, I will give the man credit. He later wrote several episodes of Game of Thrones, which I have never seen any of. So I, I haven't seen all of it. Uh, I need to but, get I need to get to that at some point in time. But his idea of a Wolverine solo film was an R-rated movie. Makes sense. I would love to have seen that. Absolutely makes sense. Absolutely makes sense. And in fact, the director, Gavin Hood, said, you know what? We want to focus on PTSD, okay. which makes sense for a character like really, Logan. Say, really grounds the character. Yep. I mean, he's he's violent past. He's been in all these different wars. Mm-hmm. They did give us a glimpse of it in the movie yeah. when Logan is a lumberjack, mm-hmm. and he has that episode while he's sleeping. Yeah. Yeah, and Kayla, a, Kayla has to calm him down. Yeah, I wonder how many times she's woken up to nearly being impaled by bone claws, though. That's a little terrifying. Yeah. Well, I guess that's, I you know. pay the price. You know, that's if that's what you uh, that's what you're uh, into. That's who you're with. But of course, leave it to Fox <clears throat> to go. Man. Nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> no thanks. Nah. We just give us a superhero movie. Yep. Straight we just want up, a superhero movie. Straight up superheroes. Hey, you remember that X-Men The Last Stand that was so good? It's we great. want that again. Brilliant. We'll take yeah. two, please. Uh, all right. That's so bad, Larry. And and <laughs> here's what here's what made it worse. So the movie was released May 1st of 2009, almost a year to the day after the release of Iron Man. Oh, so you've got all this like hope built up in Marvel movies at this point in time. You're thinking, man, we're going to get, we're in for a show. And then you get what should have been released on April 1st because it's a joke of a movie. Uh, but, and he, okay. All right. Let me, let me, let me, let me set the stage here. Talk to me. So everything you just said, all I've mentioned was Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Do you know what other movies were released in 2008, the year before X-Men Origins? The year before X-Men Origins, 08 would have been, if I'm not mistaken, The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. Yeah. Yeah. Even though, and you want to talk about a guilty pleasure, Edward Norton's The Incredible Hulk was released in 2008. Uh, I blocked that from my memory. Sorry. The DCAU, the animated universe, kicked off in 2008. It Justice launched League. Nice. The new, yeah, The New Frontier. Wow. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Darwin Cook. That, good stuff, man. 2008. Wow. He- Hellboy 2, The Golden Army, was released in 2008. Laramie, we were living in what may have been the the dawn of like prime superhero movies then, and superhero uh, just just uh, stuff all around. Yeah, I'm not done now. I'm not saying these are good. Yeah, but still, but Wanted, oh, The I, Spirit, oh, Punisher, War Zone, and even though they're not comic book related, Hancock and Jumper were all released in 2008. So we were just leaning hard into superheroes, mutants, people with special abilities. Uh, wow. Okay. Was, what a time to be alive. Now, here's the thing. Only two superhero movies were released in 2009. And, oh, God, come on. Don't leave us hanging. So X-Men Origins. Yep. And Watchmen. Oh. 
Okay, so you've got two movies that are maligned by big crowds for different reasons coming out in 09. Watchmen's, Watchmen's polarizing. It People is. People either really like it or they really hate it. Yeah, agreed. Uh, but that's that's another That's another time. Yeah, another time, sure. All right, so here's the thing about the May 1st, 2009 date, which is kind of a track record with Fox. Um, I've been doing a lot of research about some of these Fox X-Men movies lately because I got a bunch of them set up to be recorded. I don't know if I'm going to release them all together. Blake and I were actually talking about that before. I'm like, I'm recording so many X-Men movies right now, and they're the same stories. You're a real trooper, Laramie. I'll say that. So Fox announced the date of May 1st, 2009, back in October 2007. (laughs) All your eggs in one basket there. And they went, and that's the date. Like, No matter matter. what. That's the date. No matter what. And here's what's crazy. For those of you who know Hollywood, they announced this date on October of 2007. November of 2007 was the writer's strike. (laughs) If it can go wrong, it will go wrong. But here's what Fox did. They went, eh, we can keep working on this movie. No, no We don't need a script. No, yes, yes you do. So they literally kept going with production even though they didn't have a finished script. All right, so look, I've just done some research on my own right here, uh, and you do need a script. Yeah, script's pretty important. <laughs> so again, that's November 2007, writer's strike going on. They start filming in January of 2008. Without a script? <laughs> just just improv, Hugh. Just get now, there and improv. Oh, oh, it gets better. Then they start running into scheduling conflicts. I, I would assume so. That's how it goes. Because... In 2008, Hugh Jackman was working with the film Australia. Yikes. The big epic. <laughs> the, dude, you know. the dude did not have a good couple of years for all yeah. the success. Now, l- luckily, they were also filming X-Men Origins in Australia. So not they were really. able to, yeah. I didn't they know filmed so. it in Australia. I didn't know. Did not know. Crikey. But now, here's the other, other issue. And part of me w- wants to know how much of this played a part in this character. Ryan Reynolds yeah. was in the process of filming not only The Proposal, classic. but Adventureland. Not so classic. So I did do a little research as well and and read where he was filming multiple movies at the same time. And to, to mm. kind of go to the end here, that's a body double in a lot of those yes. end scenes yes. where he's quote-unquote are... Deadpool, which I'm sure yep. we'll get to. But yeah, it's there a body double. There are scenes with, with Wade and Logan in which neither Ryan Reynolds nor... Hugh Jackman, yeah, Hugh Jackman is there in the movie. Yeah. And part of me really wonders if there are scenes in which it's neither of them. Dude. Like it's both of their body doubles. It's so messy. The whole thing. Uh, a lot of things that with these Fox X-Men movies, there were clashes between Fox and the, the filmmakers. There's a lot of documentation about clashes between Fox's CEO, Thomas Rothman, and director Gavin Hood. Allegedly, Rothman had crew brighten the sets when Hood was away. What? Yeah. Does it give a reason Hood, why we're doing that? Because Hood was trying to make a darker movie. Okay, Dark Knight's come out. Like, Iron Man was a little dark in place. So, yeah, I get Okay, I got you. But when he was away, Fox's CEO would get the crew to lighten up the, the set. Hey, turn the sun on. So it looked more, looked more, you know, comic bookish. Uh, so you've got people with two completely different visions of what they want this movie to oh, look yeah. like 
competing for. Well, no, I'm I'm going to say no to that. You've got a guy with a vision, mm-hmm. and you've got a guy who has no clue what he's doing. Okay, I'll I'll stick with you there. And he's trying to mimic what he thinks audiences would like. I mean, all we're missing is Brian Singer being involved in this somewhere. Oh, we're not, perfection. But do you know who was involved in this? I'm sure you're going to tell me. The executive producer. Okay. Richard Donner. No, Laramie, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Who is, you know, the man who brought us the mm-hmm. superhero movies with Superman the, Man, Superman the movie. He was executive producer. He actually had to fly to Australia to kind of become a buffer between Fox and Gavin Hood. I would say it's a miracle this thing even got made, but I don't know that it's a miracle. I mean, it's not for those of us who had to watch it. It's not a miracle. But no. yeah, the fact they even got this thing off the ground, so to speak, is incredible. Yeah. Uh, all right. All right. Let's get into the characters <laughs> because, oh, dear God, there's a lot of them. Oh, so many. So let's get into it. We, we got to talk about Wolverine. We got to talk about Logan. I mean, even though we talk about him in every X-Men movie, this was his first solo movie. So we got to talk about it. Yep. Jimmy. The character Wolverine first appeared on the very last page of The Incredible Hulk number 180 in October of 1974. And of course, then got his full edition or full introduction in the next issue of uh, Incredible Hulk number 181. Uh, Wolverine was created by Lynn Wynn with inspiration from Roy Thomas. And uh, he joined the X-Men the following year in 1975 as the team became more diverse with more international characters. Uh, This, of course, would expound, or expand, I think was the word I was looking for. There it is, you got it. Expand in the 1980s when Chris Claremont, along with Frank Miller, would do more with the Uh, Mm X-Men. They would have their four-issue miniseries in 1982, uh, with Wolverine, he got his own comic book in 1988. And then, of course, that all led to the 90s cartoon that oh, everyone Jeez. in their 30s and 40s it was in love with. That, that uh, we're still up. watching today, you mean? That oh, still... yeah. No, yeah. yeah. yeah absolutely. You, you know that every now and then you just, you're sitting there and you just go, da 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 But, of course, the character Wolverine has always been a fan favorite. And I think. That mainly chalks up to the fact that he's a rebellious mm-hmm. character. He's got this cool factor. He's a bad boy. Yeah. It, but then there's also his story. You know, he's got this mysterious past. We don't know everything about him. Right. We don't know how old he is because, you know, they've implied that he's lived longer, that his healing factor has slowed down his um, aging. Yeah. His age. I mean, so. And, so- like, sorry. Do you, so let me ask, because uh, I've been thinking about this. And I thought about this. I rewatched the movie uh, a couple of days ago, and I sat there thinking, are the X-Men as big as they are without the character of Wolverine? Like, is he the linchpin that makes the X-Men the the cultural phenomenon that they are? I'm going to say no. Oh, interesting. Because yeah. I have I'm a different opinion. No. Yeah, okay, go yeah. ahead. No, let me hear. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say no. I feel the X-Men with all the other characters. I mean, Storm mm-hmm. is such a great character with okay. such a great backstory. Uh, you know, a lot of these characters that Chris Claremont came up with, you know, I think a lot of them, you could still build the X-Men. I don't think the X-Men, I think the X-Men still could have succeeded without okay. Wolverine. Because if you really think about it, Wolverine became 
his own thing. Sure. I mean, they eventually made a cartoon that was called Wolverine, Wolverine. and the X-Men. Yeah, so, I Yeah, and even though I know the focus was on Wolverine and it was all about Wolverine, now, in terms of the way he's been presented in terms of these movies and all, I mean, yes, he was the... He's the guy. Of, yeah. yeah, he was kind of the focus of uh, of those. So I, I, I'll agree with that. Okay, a little of this, a little of that, yeah. But he is one of the characters from the 80s and 90s when characters were becoming dark and violent. Brooding. He's the one that kind of remained. Mm-hmm. You know, where some of them got toned back down, some of them just completely disappeared, some of them became, you know, trivia answers, <laughs> especially with the X-Men. I mean, yeah. you're looking at, this is a when they introduced, yeah, this is when they introduced, like, Cable. Yeah. That he's just this giant guy with a bunch of weapons, and he, he makes no logical sense whatsoever. But he's got weapons. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. And, of course, like I said, the movie's made him more popular. In fact, by 2009, when this movie came out, Wolverine was appearing in 24 different comic titles. Wow. That's impressive. Big numbers. So, so yeah, he's a huge character. And, of course, Hugh Jackman, even though people had problems with the fact he's six foot, six foot one, and, of course, Wolverine in the comics is notorious for being small. Yeah, little guy. Still, I mean, could you imagine anyone else playing Nobody this character else. over Nobody the last twenty years? At this point in time, it's like Robert Downey Jr. playing Iron Man. Like, there's just you that there's an automatic direct connection between the two. And you say that that was another one mm-hmm. that when he was cast as Iron Man, people were like, "No, that's not going to work." Right? Robert Downey Jr. can't play Iron Man, and yeah, I agree with you. Uh, let's get on to other characters. Like I said, we could talk about Wolverine all day, all day. But there's so many characters to talk about. We need to keep moving. His counterpart, I guess you would say, Victor Creed, mm. a.k.a. Sabretooth, Thick. played by Lee Schreiber. Thank you for pronouncing that, because I have no idea how to pronounce it still. I'm assuming I'm pronouncing <laughs> it right. That's how I usually hear it. He first appeared in Iron Fist, number 14. Did you know that? That he actually... I have no idea. You're, you're dropping new knowledge yeah. on me right now. Sabretooth first appeared in an Iron Fist comic back in choice. August 1977. In that Iron Fist comic... He's just a serial killer. Okay, pretty straightforward. He's not a mutant. He has no, there's no indication that he has any powers. He's just going around killing people. Yeah. And, of course, the character ended up, I guess, having some popularity, and they eventually revealed that he, you know, had the mutant gene, and they revealed what his powers were. And here's what's interesting. So in the movie, they reveal that they are brothers. Right. Do you know what Chris Claremont had intended to happen? So this was going to be one of my questions to you, man, because you watch the movie and they're brothers. I don't know that there's any, is that a callback to the comics? Is there any connection to the comics that they're actually brothers? So what, like, what was the original intent, I guess? So Chris Claremont, who, again, he pretty much, everything you know about the X-Men was mostly done mm-hmm. by Chris Claremont. Right. Chris Claremont's intention was for it to be discovered, now this is in the comic books, that Sabretooth was Wolverine's dad. Yo, what? Oh, nope. Yeah. Don't like that. Don't. That does not taste good. <laughs> Don't like that at all. <laughs> yeah. Of course, it never happened. Okay. Never even hinted at. But that was, Chris Claremont has revealed, that was his intention, was to make Sabretooth Wolverine's 
father. So hold on, was he going to make Sabretooth Wolverine's father as Sabretooth the serial killer or Sabretooth the mutant is Wolverine? No, Sabretooth the mutant. Okay, Sabretooth the okay. Mutant. Yeah. So we, he's become big, a mutant. Yeah, yeah, the big like beastly, you know, brown, right, with the fur, yellow, and yeah, vest and all that. Yeah, yeah. No, it was going to be him. Okay. Yeah. So that, now they did go back and kind of do a story, which we'll get into in the moving panel section, that kind of plays out very similar to the way the movie plays out, but right. we'll get into that later. Okay. Um, so let's go ahead and move on. Let's move on to Stryker, mm, played like by... Him. Okay, let's get into this. So in this <laughs> in this movie, he is played by Danny Houston. So confusing. And it is in the 1970s. <laughs> we had already seen Stryker in the movie X2. Yes. Played by Brian Cox. Right. And this is taking place in the 2000s. We assume it was present present day. I would assume so. So Danny Houston to Brian Cox. So he got like two foot shorter. Hey. And he's aged 30 years, but it only looks like he's aged maybe 15. But that, that doesn't bother me as much as Days of Future Past, he would be played by Josh Hellman, who looks like he's maybe what, 34? <laughs> and when does Days of Future Past happen? Late 60s, <laughs> early 70s? So, how... Look, uh, look when, when Wolverine is hunting you down, you undergo copious amounts of plastic surgery, including sh- heightening and shortening yourself so you can't uh, be recognized. And don't get me started on the fact that this is going, I'm going completely off the rail here. In X-Men The Last Stand, we were introduced to Trask. Oh God, we're spiraling. Who is like this six foot three giant African-American dude. And then in Days of Futures Past, it's Peter Dinklage. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> You're going to have to Can't. edit some of this out. <laughs> this, no, no. This is this is how ridiculous these movies are. <laughs> and whenever I talk about an X-Men movie, I cannot not talk about the timeline and the continuity and how none of it makes sense. It's the original multiverse of madness, Laramie. It's it, uh, But it's not even a multiverse because there's so much that they've done to show how it's the same universe. Okay. <laughs> you said and it's played by Peter Tinklage. <laughs> he is. I know. He's played by Peter Dinklage. I know he is. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I'll have to go get my inhaler. <laughs> you know what? Let, let's, go back, let's go back to the whole purpose of this show. So okay, Stryker, so. the character of Striker, first appeared in the comics in, in an X-Men comic. So, hey, hey, first character that actually appeared in an X-Men comic. <laughs> he appeared in an X-Men comic called God Loves, Man Kills. What a and title. It was, yeah, well, it was his own little story back in 1982 but here's the thing. So in all three of these movies, it's implied that he's this government dude, right? Yep. Are you aware that in the comic books, Stryker is a reverend? <laughs> you got to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> he's a reverend. He's a pastor. <laughs> what? And okay, did you find just, out why the change, man? Why? So why change his character like that? Why make guess, that character the government guy? I guess it just made more sense so they could connect him to the Weapon X project, which he has absolutely nothing to do with in, in the, the comics. Comic books. Okay. He's he's just a preacher 
who hates mutants and he preaches against the evil that is in the mutant gene. What a Southern Baptist preacher there, man. That's good. Uh, That's really which, good. Which I know he's not, but that's just my only impression there. <laughs> I think that's everybody's pastor go-to is yeah. a Southern Baptist pastor. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, so, yeah, of course, in the comics, they do kind of imply that he does have a military background, but it's not the same as what we see in the, the movies. Okay, okay. Um, speaking of what we don't see... Uh, <laughs> From the comics to the movies. Let's talk about Wade Wilson, shall we? No, I don't want to anymore. You know what? Never mind. I've changed my mind. I've got to go. I'm so done with this. So Wade Wade Wilson, uh, a.k.a. Deadpool. No, it's not Deadpool. You can't yeah. say that. Don't say that. Oh, but they do in the movie. I know. They do call him Deadpool. Uh, so here's the thing. Ryan Reynolds, who we now all know, is uh, talking about the casting He's he's perfectly casted as Deadpool. Yeah, look, we I, all knew this going into this movie. I wrote yet, it down. You can see like the tip of the iceberg of Deadpool. Then the two movies come after happening here. His character, like you see it, and you're like, oh, he's he's perfect. This is the guy. Yeah. So Ryan Reynolds was actually for those of you who don't know the history, Ryan Reynolds was introduced to the character Deadpool by writer David Goyer while on the set of Blade Trinity. Mm-hmm. History was made right there on the set of Blade Trinity. Some some history worse than others. At least something was made on that set. Something was good. <laughs> and Ryan Reynolds immediately said, "Oh yeah, I want to develop this into a character. I want to this. I must do Deadpool." Mm-hmm. Four years of developing Ryan Reynolds being Deadpool, and this movie undid all of that. <laughs> A lifetime undone by an hour and 48 minutes. I mean, Ryan Reynolds is a beautiful man. <laughs> yeah, he is. Okay, let's just call that right there. Yes, he is. Ryan, good, Re- good Ryan you, Reynolds is a beautiful man. Yep, agreed. But Deadpool has never been shirtless. Been, yeah, shirtless? shirtless. Shirtless? No. With Yeah, the, what they what we see in that, that little scene at the beginning with the, the team, it's so cool. Yeah. But that's not Deadpool. And it's not, that has never been Wade Wilson in the comics. It's not even daytime, so you can't even say sun's out, gun's out. Okay, it's got to be... Yeah. It's not good. It's not a good look. And then, of course, what we see at the end when they officially call him Deadpool. Ugh. I mean, Deadpool is the merc with the mouth, <laughs> and they show sew his mouth shut. Ruined it. The whole character. And then he has powers that Deadpool doesn't even have doesn't in the comics. Doesn't make sense. Deadpool's only power in the comic book is the healing factor. Yeah. That's it. That is absolutely it. He has no other superpower. And his witty banter. Well, but that's not a superpower. Is it not, that's though, the... Laramie? No, it's his insanity. Oh, okay. Sorry. That's... You're right. My bad. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I need to go get myself checked out in that case. All right. Well, so let's continue this this role of ruining comic book characters. Um, let's talk about Gambit. Oh, let's don't. Oh, <laughs> Look. Look, you're the one that picked this movie. I know. This is You're gonna have to deal with it. I'm gonna apologize to everyone. I should have Let's done talk it prior. About Gambit, Remy LeBeau. No. First appear another, another fan favorite, mainly from the nineties animated <laughs> series. Uh first appeared in the Uncanny X Men number two sixty six in August of nineteen ninety. So a uh, you know, very new character mm-hmm. in the world of comics. Played by Taylor Kitsch. Hot off playing Tim Riggins on Friday Night Lights. Oh, God, it is kitsch, indeed. 
Although, let's remember, this is the same dude that would play John Carter uh. and star in the movie Battleship. Wait a minute. Did anybody star in Battleship, Laramie? Is that a, is that a Taylor thing? Taylor Kitsch did. Oh, okay. Um, alongside Rihanna. Let's keep that in mind. <laughs> here, here we have Gambit, who everybody's just wanting to see, and he's in the movie for what? Ten minutes total. Yeah, including when he pops back yeah, up at, at the, the end, end, flying a helicopter. Now that might might be a good thing. In my notes, Laramie, I did write Remy Leno. Okay, because I did not <laughs> want any more of this character. Let's talk about the powers. So, in the comics, Gambit's ability is to kinetically charge an object, things, so that it heats up the molecule so fast it can, you know, explode mm, or does damage. It can be used as a weapon yeah. in some way, shape, or form. And of course, his his favorite thing to use are cards, as we saw in the animated series all the time. So good. In this movie, not only do they give him the ability to charge something up, but he apparently also can telepathically control cards. Crazy. Because he makes them float and then fires them without throwing them. It makes total sense if you don't think about it. And then he... Does he have superhuman strength because he jabs his spear or bow into the wall and climbs it like a deranged monkey? I thought it was a cane, but okay. And then they gave him a hat. I don't know what the deal was with the hat. He's supposed to have a headband. I didn't want the hat. I just... Why are you ruining these characters, Fox? I don't want any of this. Uh, Okay. Let's move on. Let's move on to the smaller characters. Because, again, there's so many characters in here. We're, we're trying to move on, but we can't. We can't. Oh, my God. All right. So let, let's go on. So let's talk about some of the characters we probably will never get to talk about again because I doubt they will ever pe- appear in a movie ever again. Oh, my favorite part. They've ruined Gambit, but I still hope they might give him another chance. It was in that. Well, first of all, hold on. Before we go on, wasn't that supposed to be Channing Tatum at some point in time after... These didn't. Th- yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there was I, talk at some point that Channing Tatum would play okay. Gambit. And like so, yeah, he'll be, he'll be back in in the future. Somebody's going to play him eventually. That I I don't want to see either. Yeah, bad so, idea, jeans. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about Kayla, aka Silver Fox. Mm. So she first appeared in Wolverine number ten back in August of 1989. She is killed by Sabretooth in the comics. Okay. So, well, again, I say killed because we know in the comics. Uh, nope. Eh, doesn't happen. Okay. It didn't mean it didn't happen in this movie either. Nope, it didn't. And, of course, it's later discovered that she's working for the Weapon X program. Can't trust anybody. But the thing is, there is a book out there called Marvel Fact Files Number 1. And in Marvel Fact Files Number 1, they heavily implied that the Kayla that was in love with Wolverine and killed by Sabretooth and the... Silver Fox character who says she's Kayla, who is working for the Weapon X program, are not the same person. But they give no explanation as to why there's this other Silver Fox who says she's Kayla, but they're saying, they're just saying that's not the same person, but they're not explaining. So why is there a person who. Yeah, I, th- I think the question is why are the comics as confusing as the movies? I was about to say, and that's the comics. That's yeah. not even why? you know, it's because comics. Let me tell you, we yeah. could have done without Silver Fox altogether. <sighs> well, didn't need her. So in the comics, her powers are that she can, she, she's just a fighter. Okay, that's it. Sure, she's a fighter. 
they give her, as they give pretty much anyone who's a part of the Weapon X program, they give her an artificial healing factor so she can heal mm-hmm. uh, up to a certain point, and then she's got to get you know, the injection, the serum, whatever, to be able to continue to heal. Right. But that's it. Yeah, so, but here, here she, like, telekinetically, telepathically controls. Yeah, she can, like, control people uh, with a touch. Like, she has to touch you, and then she can, yeah. Well, that's why I'm still you. saying six feet apart from everybody, man. Don't touch me. Then they make her who we uh, have to assume, because I don't think she's ever officially named, She's Emma Frost's sister in this movie? Right. Is that accurate? Is that what that's what I assumed? No, it's not in the comics. And if that is Emma Frost, that gets back into my timeline thing. Mm, oh no. Because Emma Frost shows up in X-Men First Class, which would have been around the same time, but she's a full-grown woman. You and Doctor Strange okay. need to get together. Figure this All out. All right. Let's move on. We got to move on, and we'll we'll try to hit these quick. Let's talk about the other members of, of the the team. Okay. Uh, so we got John Wraith, uh, Kestrel, played by Will I Am. Mm-hmm. That character first appeared in Wolverine number sixty in September of nineteen ninety two, and I gotta say, not an awful job. This this character is actually pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah, not not awful. This character, I mean, even though we don't see an awful lot of them, the powers match up with the comics. His the way Will I Am is dressed, like he looks like the mm-hmm. comic book character. Great job there. I can't really say any more because, again, he's not in the movie all that much. Well, just real quick, one of the cooler deaths in the movie, I wish it had been rated R because that was a pretty cool death with uh, Sabretooth grabbing him on the spine there. That was pretty yeah. neat. So, anyways. Ripping his spine out. Yeah, but that's it. And, all right, moving on, Fred Dukes, a.k.a. The Blob, yeah. played by Kevin Duran. He first appeared in the X-Men number three, again, the X-Men number three From the back jump. in January of 1964. He is actually now Team X. This this team uh, has never actually uh, he's never actually been a part of it in the comics. Team X does exist in the comics, but Blob has never been a member. He's always known as a member of the Brotherhood, Magneto's oh, team. OK, OK. This is what's weird about the way they portrayed this character. So we see him, obviously, in the past. uh with Wolverine and Wade and as the team. Mm-hmm. And he just looks like a big dude. Just huge dude. Super strong. The thing is, is that his girth, him looking like a blob, which we then see uh, later, that is part of his mutation. Like, that is his... He wouldn't be this unstoppable creature who can't be hurt, hurt or whatnot, if it wasn't for him being the, the blob. blob. Because in the movie, they sell it as he just ate a lot and let himself go. Yeah, they don't make it seem like it's a part right. of his mutation. Okay, so we're just, again, going back to the inaccurate comic book portrayal then, after we left Will I Am, Kestrel there being accurate. Yeah. Then we got Bradley, a.k.a. Bolt, a.k.a. Christopher Bradley, Maverick. Um, it was very confusing as to who this character was supposed to be from the comic books. Okay. Because the the character they say he is doesn't a hundred percent match up with the powers that he has. Doesn't have to, Larry. Um, it's the X Men movies. Yeah. And so he's played by Dominic Monaghan, a uh, great actor, mm-hmm. horribly used in this movie. Terrible. I know how I'm going to stop Sabretooth. I'm going to make it really bright. <laughs> just turn all the lights on. Yeah. I'm just, uh, 
Maybe, maybe if I shatter all these light bulbs, he won't be able to walk on the glass. Like, here's my thing, dude. The the guy was able to control things, pick them up, move them around, throw some things at him with your mind. Throw like, let him, give him a little something to fight instead of just sitting there and taking it. Nope, I'm gonna make it brighter. I'm gonna turn the lights on. I just feel like yeah. the clap on commercials right there. Uh. That'll teach him. Mm. Uh, well, anyway, the character that he's playing uh, is he first appeared in X Men Unlimited number eight back in October of 1995. So again, not fairly old of a character. Okay. I guess finally we could wrap it up with Agent Zero, huh. who is really only that character by the name, um, because that character has absolutely jack squat to do with the comic version of Agent Zero. Um, I didn't even bother to write down what actor played him. I'm sorry to that actor. Uh, oh, I have no disrespect for you, but I didn't even, I didn't even jot down what actor played Agent Zero. I ain't, I ain't gonna lie. I didn't even look up what his appearance was. I literally wrote in my notes, Agent Zero. It's really only the name. Like that's that's all I wrote. When the most detailed oriented person I know doesn't bother to look up your character, woof. Okay. Well, let's go through that. I mean, I had just, I had, I sat there to this movie that clearly is it's I, not I good. It's not good. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. He was the tenth character. I was saying I would talk about, and I was just like, you know, I'm done. I'm done. I'm do- I don't want to talk about characters anymore. Hold on, I'm you done. mean we're not going to go into the old couple at the farm? No, you we're done. We don't want to talk about them. We're. Done. They're so integral to the story. We're done. <laughs> what seems to be the problem, pal? There's just so much pain in the world. So many issues. I don't think I can bear it. Well, friendo, it sounds like you could use a dose of pop culture roulette. Pop culture roulette? What's that? Some sort of pop culture themed podcast or something? That's right, sonny boy. When hope seems far, dive into some PCR! But I already get my entertainment news from Variety. Huh, that's pretty good. If you're a chucklehead, PCR gives you news you need, condensed, unfiltered, and raw, from three nerds who know a little something about something. Wow, okay, sign me up! That's the spirit. Pop Culture Roulette. New episodes every Monday, available on all major podcast directories. All right, let's get into the moving panels. Uh, before we do that really quick, I want to want to just take a moment uh, while we were paused and, and broke just for a, a little moment to uh, collect ourselves. Station identification there. Yeah, I did, I did want to look up because I, I meant no disrespect to the actor that played uh, Agent Zero. Uh, his name is Daniel Henney. Uh, he's actually on Criminal Minds, which huh. I am in the process of binging, so I have not gotten to where he has joined the cast of Criminal Minds. But you will so revel I'm, in every moment he's on there when he comes on. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Uh, he was also he's he was also the voice of Tadashi in Big Hero Six. Ah. Okay, so, so look at there. He's, he's out here doing some another, stuff. Daniel. Another you comic said? book connection. Yes. Okay, Daniel. Yep, Daniel Henney. Shout out to Daniel Henney then. Kudos, yeah. Daniel. He's he's on the the new that series, uh, the Wheel of Time. Okay. Uh, my girlfriend loves Criminal Minds, so she's certainly a big Daniel Henney fan. She's getting ready to get done with the series. So yeah, good, cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. So again, meant no disrespect to him, uh, but as far as his character goes, yeah. Ter- sorry, Daniel. Yeah. Wasn't fleshed out very well. Yeah. 
All right, but let's get into the moving com- uh, moving panels and talk about some of the comics that uh, cr- helped create this, uh, this masterpiece of a movie. Um, and, of course, we got to talk about the Weapon X program. So the Weapon X program was first introduced in the comics in Marvel Comics Presents in 1991. Uh, it is similar. It's a secret government facility that are doing experiments. Uh, now, of course, in the comics, they are trying to recreate the super soldier. Mm-hmm. Like Captain America. Right. Which they, of course, could not say that in this movie because different rights, different licensing. Uh, Fox didn't have the ability to talk about Captain America. So that's understandable. Mm-hmm. I got no problem with that. But in the comic books, Loken did not volunteer for the Weapon X program. Yeah, see, I don't know a whole lot about the X-Men comics, but one thing I did think I knew was that it was not a voluntary no. kind of deal for him. No, no, no. It was not. It was not a vol- volunteer uh, situation for yeah. yeah yeah but volun kidnapped that's yeah, right yeah. abducted volun abducted <laughs> in the comic books weapon x is not run by striker we already talked about how striker really has no connection to it in the comics it's run by a guy named professor thornton and dr cornelius also a dude named romulus but any comic book fan knows right now i'm just going to shut my mouth because uh, that Romulus storyline, like this movie, is not good. So <laughs> Let's skip uh, over it. Yeah, we're just going to skip over that. Uh, feel free, those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, look up Romulus and read how he was kind of just brought into the... Uh, again, I'm not going to talk about it. He was just yeah. brought into the comics to try to fill some gaps, but... Uh, eh. yeah, okay, yeah. now it was in 1993, a famous thing happened in which Magneto rips the adamantium from Wolverine, mm-hmm. uh, which was when we finally get the reveal that his claws were not a part of the Weapon X program, that he actually has bones yeah. uh, for his claws, and it's actually a part of his mutation. So, uh, again, there's that connection there to see the the bone. Brutal moment uh, in the comics, though. Yikes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then in 2001, <laughs> we had a six-issue miniseries that was titled origins wolverine makes sense this is when we finally hear the name james howlett jimmy that that is when they give him his actual name of james howlett uh this is where we get a lot of connections to what we saw in the movie in the comic it's revealed that he was born on a canadian plantation in the 19th century confusion abounds it explains that his amnesia which of course in this movie they use the the bullet adamantium bullet to the head the adamantium bullet to the head which uh, causes Wolverine to have the amnesia that we were we were introduced to in the first X-Men movie yeah but in this comic story it actually reveals that his amnesia is actually a part of his mutation it's a part of his healing factor like his brain is healing his memories from him it's wiping away the trauma oh that's interesting that okay that is interesting Again, this is that story that they were wanting to tell with uh, it could whole, have been like PTSD. So good. Is yeah. So what happens in the comics is that when he experiences something that's traumatic to his life, his healing factor wipes that from his memory. Dude, that's actually a very cool story to tell. Yeah, a lot to a lot could be done with that. And again, like I said, this probably gives us the most faithful portion of the film. Uh, however, Sabretooth is not a part of it. In 
the comics, there is uh, Dog Logan. That's his name. Dog Logan. Not Wolverines. This is another character. Dog Logan. Dog Logan. Okay. And his father, Dog Logan's father, murders Wolverine's father. I'm I'm drawing a chart here. Hold on a second. Okay, I got you. Well, this is kind of like what we see in the movie. Of course, Dog uh, Dog Logan's father also kills several other people, but he kills Wolverine's father. Then Dog Logan's father, who's named Thomas, is killed by a young Wolverine. Mm, Okay. So again, that's just like we see in the movie. Set up in the movie, yep. We're good. But in the comic, Wolverine, James, whatever name you want to use here, uh, he also um, slashes at Dog, and he... He cuts him. Okay. But then Dog runs off. And Wolverine's mother, James Hallett's mother, is so distraught over this murder of her husband and her son killing the son. She commits suicide. That seems a bit drastic. Let me go back and remind you that in the comics, they reveal that his amnesia. Oh, he doesn't remember it. So he doesn't remember any of this. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. 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 In the comic, there is a third person involved. Dog and James have a friend named Rose O'Hara, or O'Hara, however you want to pronounce it. And Dog, let's follow along. Dog is kind of the saber-toothed character here. Okay, okay. Dog tells the police that Rose is responsible for all the murders. What's Rose doing? Yeah. What's her so got like a soap opera yeah. going on here. If I'm trying to keep track of Dog the Bounty Hunter Logan here and trying to figure out what he's doing, but he's pinning it on Rose O'Hara. Yeah. So, again, that's the most truth connected to the comics that we have. They, of course, just replaced Dog with Victor. With Victor. Uh, they completely cut out the Rose o- O'Hara story, and that makes sense because they weren't going to keep going. Yeah, it's a lot of extra they didn't need. That. They already had enough here. Yeah. So, Okay. That works. It works. Now, more of the story would be developed in later years. Weapon X, they would later reveal in the comics that the X literally stood for the number 10. Okay. And it was he was Weapon 10. Yeah. And, of course, can you guess who Weapon 1 was? Captain America. Captain America. Yes. Weapon nailed it. Captain America. There you Crushed go. Crushed it. But that that's it. That is it. That's where the... That is absolutely it. Is. it. I have nothing else to talk about. That is it. I we can go into other things. We can we can oh dear God. We can talk about how Cyclops showed up. We we can get into that. <laughs> he did we, I, I guess he showed up, sure. He showed up. We sure. can talk about that. We can get into the the battle on top of the nuclear power plant exhaust thing. Which makes at the end. no like let's okay, let's talk for a second about that. Let's let's do that. Must we? He so Wolverine climbs up there, and he's like, "Let's see you dance up here. Let's see you dance up there, Logan. Huh? What good is that? What purpose is that serving you to be up there? You hadn't yet taken the adamantium bullet to the head. You should have a little common sense still, and yet you climb to the top of a what? What is that, Larry? A nuclear well? I don't remember what, what they're what, called. What are they called? Silo. Is I'm that not, what that is? I don't remember what they... It's not a silo. Oh, I don't okay. remember I don't what know. they're... What, I don't remember what they're called, and all I can think of when we're reactor? talking about this, all I can think of is Deadpool teleporting. 
That is all I can think of. He just teleports to the top. I can just think of him teleporting. Him looking up with that mouth glued shut. Looks like he's got gorilla glue keeping his lips together. Like he took a TikTok challenge to glue his lips mm-hmm. shut. Mm-hmm. And then and then when he fires the lasers out of his eyes, that's where they try to make the... Make it the Deadpool diamonds. The Deadpool. Yeah. 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 I was uh, like, dude, don't do that to me. Don't don't give me uh, hope. Don't do and that. And then he, instead of giving him... Oh, and then he, he was so awesome with the swords earlier. Now they make it where he the swords come out hand, of his hand, arm, hands. Arm swords. And arm. I'm like... That how it would make more sense if they came out from the back of his hand, very similar to the way Wolverine does, because then he still also has use of yeah, his use hands. of his hands. Yeah, when he extends these swords out, he can no longer use his hands because he's got swords, Laramie, for hands. That's why it's so bad. Okay, look. So hold on. We we've done our a fair share of trashing. This entire thing. And we're going to do more. We're going to keep going with it. I want to talk for a second, just a moment, about the opening credits. I really, really enjoyed that that timeline, visual timeline of them fighting as brothers through the wars. That's the movie I want. Yeah, that's That's really. I want to see that. Somebody develop that. Listen to the. Somebody go develop that and give me that movie. Rated a rated I, R. Yeah. I want to see that. No, I want, I want that. I want Logan James Hallett, whatever you want to call him. I want to see him fighting in the different wars. Can you imagine saving Private Ryan with Wolverine? Well, not just that. Like that's what I want to see. Go through, go through the the timeline of Marvel characters. You know, have him. I, I know this is this is not going to happen because of the way the MCU has been laid out and all mm-hmm. that, but. If if they were able to, you know, have him fight in World War II, where you find out that he fought along with Captain America, yeah. like they have and, shown yeah. in the cartoons mm, yep. before. I mean, that was a great part of uh, one of the seasons of uh, yeah, X Men, the animated series. Yep. Was they showed that he was a friend of Steve Rogers, Captain America, during World War II. You know, find some other characters that are the older characters that you can team him up with. And and do the Korean War, do the Vietnam War, you know that's the movies that I want to see. And then deal with that PTSD. You could have but again, you, just using the wars alone as a plot line. You've got a whole franchise set up right there. I don't yeah. understand why that wasn't the vision. If you want to talk about Fox wanting to make money, those that's movie after movie after movie with those characters. It just makes zero sense why you didn't, why you wouldn't follow that, and why you went with whatever debacle this ended up being. Okay, I, I can't, I can't not talk about it now. Let's talk about when he first reveals the, the, the adamant, adamantium claws. Oh, Larry, are you referencing the bathroom scene right now? Yes. Oh, yes. God. The bathroom scene. He he brings out the claws, <laughs> and as soon as the claws come out, I just went. The the CGI, I <laughs> so bad. Look, I get I get what the intention was. The intention was was that it's brand they're brand new, so they're shiny, shiny. But it looked like something straight out of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> Dude, that's exactly what I wrote. 
in my notes, it says, why do his claws look like Roger Rabbit? <laughs> it, yeah. It looked like, it, it's, it looked like, uh, holy it, cow. It, yeah. Whenever, whenever a human held a cartoon object it, in Who Framed Roger, Roger Rabbit. That's exactly what it looked like. That is what these claws looked like. Oh, God. Uh, it so the and what made it worse? Okay, so I get it. You you're going with that's not CGI. First of all, let's be very clear. That is looks like a cartoon. That is not yeah. CGI. But then you make them make the the ching like shing shing sound with the little sparks flying off of them. And I'm mm. just I'm I'm losing it watching it. I remember watching it for the first time and thinking, okay, this is really bad and. As the years went on, I kind of softened my harsh opinion of the movie and thought, well, when I go back and watch it again, it'll be better. No, it's still just as bad. Mm-hmm. It's so it's so bad. And it's only gotten worse as far as the CGI goes. Because it's not just the CGI in that one moment. The CGI in the whole movie is just awful. Mm-hmm. It's blatant green screens and, and poorly done CGI implementation. It's, it's bad all around. And uh, what we've talked, most of the movie is the dialogue is bad. The scripting, the CGI is bad. A lot of people look like they're just phoning in their performances. Uh, I, I don't know, again, how this got off the ground and how somebody said, let's put this out. Well, because again, it's Fox, Fox wanting to get these out. You know, MCU's now kicking off. And Fox has also got to hold on to that license they have to these characters. And part of that license was to release a movie using, you know, some of mm-hmm. those characters every X number of years. No, no pun intended. Um, nice. Nicely done. So Fox, again, not taking any credit or I guess uh, not credit, but responsibility that when the movie failed, they blamed it on a leak of the unfinished film that had happened a month prior to its release. Laramie, I think they released the unfinished film. That's what I just watched the other day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I have. Well, no. So no, they did. And I re, and I remember when that happened. It was a big news story. You know that the an unfinished cut of. X-Men Origins Wolverine had been released and Fox blames the failure of the movie on. I don't buy that. I don't buy that. No, not at all. Because it's still, it was still a product that they created. And if, if honestly, if people watched even an unfinished film and went, Ooh, I'm curious to see what this looks like once it's finished. Yeah. If there was some excitement for it. Yeah. But they didn't. No, nope, nobody cared. They looked at it and realized this is going to be a bad movie. Hot garbage, as the kids would say. And so, of course, the X Men Origins Magneto movie was completely scrapped. Scrap metal. Uh, yeah. There is there is some some reports. There are some reports that say that the script for the Magneto movie was kind of retooled. And is the Magneto story that is featured inside of First Class. Okay. It's not bad then. So, yeah, you know, that works better than this movie. So maybe the Magneto movie would have been better. But this one, I mean, after The Last Stand and then this movie, 
Yeah, the you can definitely see where Fox just went. All right, we gotta take another route. Yeah, we gotta do something. It's just get another lane. I, I don't even even within seconds of itself, the movie is a constant contradiction. So there's a scene, if you remember, there's a scene where Stryker goes to get Logan from the hospital. And he pulls him out in the hallway, and Logan's got him pinned up against the wall. And who how, did you know? You know, Victor was coming to do this. Did you know? And Stryker tells him. He says, "Look, I didn't know it was Victor. I had no idea. We didn't know this was going to happen." And within seconds, he goes, "Yeah, Victor said he was coming after all of us." Dude, which is it? Pick a lane. the The screenwriter is is clearly not rechecking what he's doing. And so I'm sitting there trying to wrap my brain around how. One minute a character saying one thing, and then within seconds they're saying something that completely contradicts themselves. And it's just, it's almost a metaphor in that one moment of how bad this whole thing is. I could almost bet you that I wouldn't even blame the writer, honestly. I would blame Fox on taking it and saying, okay, we got to cut this piece out. Well, And then the writer going, well, you can't cut that piece out because that's how we reveal that Sabretooth is coming after them. Mm-hmm. And then they said, "Ah, we'll we'll get some some of our writers, you know, those stock writers that Fox keeps on." And they go, "Well, we'll get them to rehash the script to make it work." And that's what they decided on. Yeah, no. you know, there's a there's a group at Fox. There's just a group of like six or eight writers just sitting at a table, and they just get every now and then a Fox executive comes there, tosses a script at it at them, and they go, "Do something with it. I want this to be an hour and a half. I want it to be rated PG 13 and then they do. And this is what we get because of that. Oh, well, what's it about? Oh, who cares? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Wanna, yeah. PG-13, hour and a half. It That's what I want. It doesn't matter. I, I will say, I was not impressed with, with Logan's character for one main reason. So when he first stumbles upon Kayla the first time, and she's been murdered, and she's laying there covered in blood... And the big reveal comes up later on that she wasn't actually dead. It was fake blood poured on her. Fast forward, she's been injured. She's taken a bullet. She's bleeding. Logan's going up to her. The first thing I'm doing is checking to make sure it's a real wound. He's just taking her word for it. Again, that she's been injured. You can't trust her after the first time, Laramie. Should have learned. I was very disappointed that he didn't take a lesson from the first time. Fool me once. Shame on you. There it is. Shame on me. Never. You'll you'll never fool me again. So I was glad Um, after he got hit with the adamantium bullet, he was like, no, I don't know this chick. I don't know who she is. Good for you, Logan. James. Mm -hmm. Wolverine. Uh, Jimmy. All right. We got it. We got to curtail. My brain's going into X-Men timeline territory again. Laramie spiraling, Um, everyone. All right. Let's let's pull out here. Because let's point. Let's. I got to say it. Let's point out that. Wolverine is shot in the head by an adamantium bullet, and it just it just shoots him in the head. Yeah. Let's fast forward to the movie Logan, in which Wolverine shoots doppelganger Logan in the head with an adamantium bullet. Yes. Where actually he doesn't. X twenty three does it. Twenty three. X twenty three shoots uh, doppelganger Logan in the head with an adam- and it blows half of his head off. Completely off. Like the '90s movie Face Off. Mm. No, so yeah, so which is it? And then 
doesn't okay now we're talking about the movie logan which we've already covered on this yeah, show it Go is back and, hope and you listen that to that one. yeah that's a great episode with, uh, with chad and i yep all right look I, i'm i'm done uh, i need episode. to i need to wrap yeah. it up laramie i'm not gonna I'm lie done. to you let's go bag it stack it or trade it <laughs> let's discuss why we we have we well, yeah let's just discuss yeah, why sure. does this movie look let's make a fourth option bag it stack it trade it or rip it to pieces and burn it in a barrel out in your backyard oh wow okay so we're going full serial killer with this movie um laramie uh to no one's surprise, let's rip it to pieces and burn it in a barrel in the backyard. It's so bad. And it's not even bad in a, and I can enjoy it kind of way. It's just bad in a, I can't even get involved in this movie. I can't allow myself to be transported into this universe. It's so bad. And that's unfortunate because you've got Hugh Jackman who was getting to the peak, the pinnacle of Wolverine. Uh, he was a big bankable character at this point in time. Um, you've got Patrick Stewart, who makes a cameo. We didn't even talk about that, but who pops up at one point in time. Like, you've got some of the X-Men in this not movie. Just, not just pops up, he walks Yeah, he does. I, wasn't, I was not going to say walk. I wasn't going to say walk. Lots of confusion. Walks. Um, walks. It's bad. It's bad for a lot of reasons. If you want a laugh afterwards, don't watch the movie. Just come back and listen to this again. So yeah, it's I'm I'm done with it. I will say, shout out to Daniel Henney though. Again, good for you, man. <laughs> All right, yeah. I mean, trade it. Tr- you know, don't you know? Don't trade it because that means you're giving it to somebody else. <laughs> you're, you're poisoning Take someone it. else. With yeah. It. Rip the rip the pages up. Use it as kindling for a fire to keep you warm. It's, At least make it. Make it do something useful. <laughs> when your power um, goes out, start yeah, a fire this, with it. Because, honestly, even when I say trade it to movies before, I, there's usually something behind it where I'm thinking, eh, you know what, watch it in the background while you're doing something. Or, you know, watch it for, for fun, for the you know that, that ironic yeah, sure. humor. Absolutely. But not this one. Not this one. Don't. Trade it. The, so, just... Let me just talk about it as a movie. The movie does not stay consistent in the story it is telling. A hundred percent. Never. There's no thematic connection. It, it doesn't stay consistent. Then characters. We talked about all these characters earlier. Well, this movie has so many characters. It moves from character to character to character that we don't care about any of them. No, no, no care at all. You talked about Will I Am. And his death with the spine. Oh. Yeah, that's a cool eh, moment, but eh. Eh. I don't care. I didn't get to know this character. I have no idea whether or not I'm supposed to actually feel sad that he was just murdered. I got to go back to the stories. There's about a half a dozen different movies in this movie. It almost feels like a bunch of vignettes. Yeah. I mean, we already talked about we'd love to see a movie that's about Logan. I don't even care if they put Victor in it. Logan and Victor fighting the wars throughout the decade. Sure. You know, I mean, I think it would it would even be cool to find out in one of the wars that Victor's on the other side. Yeah, they run you into know? each other, bump, you know, somehow. Yeah, yeah. develop that relationship more, even in the cinematic world. Mm-hmm. Develop the relationship between Logan and um, and Sabretooth, Victor. That's fine, but there is no point 
to this movie. There is zero point to this movie. The Weapon X storyline had already been told in X2. Mm-hmm. We got enough of it in X2. Too much of it. We didn't need what we saw in this movie. To, none, nothing in this, let me say it this way, nothing in this movie added to that story. We got introduced to all these characters that didn't matter because they would play no part in anything else. And, oh, uh, look, let's go back to the claws. <laughs> let's. We, we we already talked about their cartoonish look, it, which bothers me too because in the, we already had three other movies in which he has claws. Well, they looked really good. They look fine. Yeah. They look fine. Look, nine years earlier, very first movie, his claws, the anim, whatever practical effects and whatever computer animation you were, it, it worked. So what happened? I don't know. When he does extract them in that bathroom, we didn't talk about this. When he extracts them in the bathroom, why is he a bumbling idiot with them <laughs> as if he has never had claws, claws come out of his hand before? <laughs> it's the amnesia. <laughs> oh. I mean, to, to just, oh, oops, 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 He's just oops. like slashing things. Oh, uh. I mean, I get they're sharper than they've been. Sure. But it makes no sense that he does. he's not aware of... He has lived with claws at this point for decades. I'll, look. How does he not have the spatial huh. awareness of these claws? All I can see when I was watching that movie is Hugh Jackman in a bathroom just holding his fists up, waving them around in the air, pretending to clank uh, claws together. Uh, <laughs> That's all I can see. No, man. I will bet you they gave him the little where he you had them in between something? his fingers. I think he had something that he, I really do. <sighs> Look, it took, or it has taken. Let me say that it has taken. I don't even think they're done yet. It has taken five movies to try to fix. What this movie destroyed. Are you aware of that? I am. Five. Let's go through those five movies. First, The Wolverine. Yes. The Wolverine. Much better Wolverine solo film. Fast improvement. Much better Wolverine. It has its problems. But that'll be for another episode. But a much better Wolverine film. And then, of course, Logan. The greatest X-Men movie. Yeah. probably my top three superhero movies of all time. Fantastic film. Great. And again, we've done an episode on that before. Go listen to it, guys. Go back and listen to it. Uh, Speaking of an episode we've done before, even Days of Future Past. a better movie than this. And tried to fix what this movie had screwed up. Days of Future Past makes more sense than this movie, as confusing as it is. Yeah. Uh, Even though, yeah, it messes with the timeline. Still makes more more sense. It still, it's trying to... And even the Deadpool movies, one and two. Trying. I mean, obviously, you bring, you finally get Ryan Reynolds to play the character the way it's supposed to be played, and then Deadpool two even tries to erase this movie from existence. It's so good. They have <laughs> Deadpool travel back in time and murder the Deadpool of this movie. Oh, I love just, Ryan Reynolds. Okay. Yeah. The, so the fact that the the studio they know. who made this movie has put into another movie the fact that this movie sucks. <laughs> Shows you how bad this movie is. <laughs> right. I'm sorry, I don't know if everybody heard or not. Did you a bag of stacker trade it? 
I, neither. You said to neither. throw it away, burn I it. Use, I, I use it for kindling. Use it. Look. You, yeah. Go to the bathroom. You, hey, you're out of toilet paper. Doesn't the, like, use, doesn't the animal shelter it. need lining for their, their kennels? Yeah. Now, I, I know we're talking about movie, not a comic book. So No, take the comic book, take, take your Take your DVD copy. <laughs> use it as a coaster. Uh, no. <laughs> Use it as a frisbee to play catch with your dog. Your child wants to uh, play with you. Go take it outside. No. Oh, cut, God. Cut salami with the DVD, with the disc. Oh, that is useful, Just actually. Slice, slice up salami. A nice spice salami <laughs> sounds great. Just whatever. Just get rid of it. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. I own the movie. I mean, I own it. I, I, ha- I only own it on DVD, though. I have not upgraded this one to Blu-ray. Yeah, don't. Don't do that to yourself. If, yeah. I don't see a reason why. You don't need to see any more detail in this movie. Yeah. All right. So that's it. I think we just got to put this one to bed. Put this one to rest. Look, we've done it. We did it. This this movie shall now go back into the vault. Uh, This movie shall now be, again, referred to only as the movie that shall not be discussed on moving panels. Never to see the light of day again. Um, Yeah. No. All right. Oh, man. Okay. Any last, any last words, Blake? Well, Anything you wanna? Uh, this has been quite the adventure, as arduous as it was to get through at points in time. Um, but, dude, just uh, enjoying it. Uh, happy New Year! It's the first first episode we've done in the New Year for me. So, Happy yeah, New for Year for you and I. Yeah. yeah. Um, just glad to be back at it, man. Hey, hey, look, always a treat. Uh, always fun to talk this stuff out with you. Uh, this one definitely. Has, it, it's been fun. Yeah, it I is. Mean, this has been very enjoyable. Yeah. So, I, you know, I kind of take back what I said earlier about being able to watch this movie uh, for the ironic humor. You yeah. know, we, we pulled that off. We did. With this we episode. did a great job, Laramie. And, uh, you know, so, but but again, we are not recommending you go and watch this Don't movie. watch it. Just listen to this episode. Yeah. That's it. Come back yeah. and let's do it again. All right. Thanks, everybody. Uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. For Moving Panels, I'm Laramie Wells, and I will see you on the other side of the page. love movies of a certain age? Do you miss the days of VHS tapes and VCRs and video rental stores? Does the thought of another 80s movie being remade seem inconceivable? If you want to go back to school, back to the future, or even back to the beach, then the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast is for you. I'm Tim Williams, the creator and host, and on each episode, I'm joined by a guest co-host as we revisit a different 80s flick to discuss our first-time watch memories, iconic scenes, and even learn some behind-the-scenes stories along the way. New episodes drop every other Friday on your favorite podcasting platform. So make like a tree, get out of here, and go listen to an episode of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast.